It's time to go into business for yourself. Get ready for another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. Education, insights, and inspiration. Here's your host, small business and franchise expert, Tom Scarda. And welcome to another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. Got uh, got my band in the background there jamming. Coincidentally, I have Jam with me. <laughs> so this is a, an exciting show. Hey, Jam, are you there? I am. All right. So, um, again, welcome to the Franchise Academy Podcast. And uh, this podcast is all about helping franchisees and franchisors and also people looking to get into franchising. So it's everything you ever wanted to know about franchising and were afraid to ask. So this is this is it. Uh, I'm excited to have my friend Jam Hashmi with me. And um, Jam and I know each other for a couple of years, but Jam has been in and around the franchise industry almost two decades now and really on the technology side. So this is going to be a technology uh, podcast. We're going to be talking all about what you need to know as a franchisee or a franchisor, um, the secrets and what's going on with Google and all sorts of good stuff here. So Jam's is very interesting guy. He uh, is literally the leading expert in digital marketing in the franchise space. I know personally uh, several companies that use uh, his company, ClickTechs, and have had great success. And um, he's just doing some great things. So they uh, are Google partners and specialize in search engine and social media marketing, uh, as well as you know, building websites and microsite platforms, which I want to get a clarification on what a microsite a microsite is in a second, Jam. Um, he also, uh, Jam, was the co-founder and CEO of Franchise Soft, which is a really powerful cloud-based franchise management software company and uh, a complete CRM for franchise development folks, people who sell the franchises, and a robust um, platform for franchise operations and management as well. And he sits on the Marketing and Innovation Committee at the IFA, the International Franchise Association, which is franchise.org, um, and also is part of the Membership Committee uh, at the IFA and part of the Canadian Franchise Association, which is awesome. So you're multinational. <laughs> That's great. Welcome, Jim. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, this is awesome. Uh, I've been wanting to do this for a long time. I think some of the biggest questions in business, franchised or not, surround this whole technology space. So um, give us a little piece. What, what did I miss about your background? Um, any industry experience that we should know about here? Well, you know, I before I got involved in the technology sector, I, I, I studied at the University of Toronto here. Uh, and I studied genetics and microbiology. So obviously that transfers right into technology, does it not? <laughs> um, so I, I spent m many of my earlier years, uh, you know, studying that. And then my first job interview was actually with a franchise organization. I thought I'd make some money before trying to go, get into med school because that was expensive here. And mm -hmm. um, and so they they hired me. I was a franchise development rep at the basic basic level, kind of like a lead qualifier and then worked my way up and uh, spent about 12 years at that company uh, as at the end as their VP of uh, franchise development. And I placed just over 500 franchise locations, opened up franch 500 franchise locations for that company in, in about 30 countries uh, with a big focus in the U.S. and Canada. So I wow. came from a 
franchise development background, it happened to be that that company also was a marketing consulting type franchise. So I learned a little bit about digital marketing and then decided, hey, why can't I just, uh, you know, mash those two things together and come up with a business for myself and I can offer some services to that sector. Brilliant. I love it. That is awesome. And I did not know that, that you were uh, on the franchise sales side. Um, yeah. So intently, I, I I knew that you were involved, but I didn't realize 500 units. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Love it. Um, so <laughs> right now, so I just want to start with this one big question. What is the biggest technology challenge that you see facing the franchise industry right now? You know, uh, biggest technology challenge, I think, is... Uh, I read a statistic, the, the amount of data that's being captured right now through our mobile devices, through our phones, through our, our you know, through our laptops, down to our, our automobiles, the rate of capturing that data is so large that we've never in the history of time captured as much data as we are now capturing within a day. Um, and so the, the rate of data capture is, is extremely high. So the big challenge that comes here is that when you're going out there and you're having technology change and adapt at such a rapid pace, it becomes very, very difficult for companies that you know may not be very tech savvy uh, to adopt because they're thinking, hey, you know, I, I I try to learn this new technology in six to eight or nine months, it's gonna something new is gonna come out, and I'm again gonna be behind the learning curve. And so I think the biggest challenge is uh, the ability to learn new technology and adapt it into your business. Uh, and and that pace is so fast that it's hard for a lot of companies to do. And also, as a company, you really are running two different major businesses at the same time because you have your franchise development side of the house, and then you have the franchisee support and the marketing side of the house, um, which both are you know you're capturing technology, you're using technology, or ca- capturing data. Um, Absolutely. Is, is there? Oftentimes, uh, the type of solutions and technology you utilize on one side of the house, which may be your, your corporate side of the house or your you know, operational side of the house, is different than the technology used on the uh, franchise sales side of the house. Right. And uh, I will say this, though. Smart franchisors figure out that if you can unify a common technology stack across the front end of the house, the sales end of the house, and the back end, which is the operation side of the house, it's going to save you a lot of uh, headaches later on. Yeah, I could imagine. Um, you know, I, I am not that involved in technology, but always willing to learn and um, and fascinated by it. So this is, um, you know, cutting edge is, is where you're at. So I'm just following behind you. <laughs> <laughs> Hope I'm leading you the right way. Uh, yeah, well, by, uh, by your results, you are. So that's awesome. Um, how can technology these days, these, these new things that are out there actually help grow sales? It's a great question. Um, in fact, I was just, uh, uh, you know, speaking about this very topic with a friend of mine that's in the technology space as well. And we talked about, you know, how can technology actually impact bottom line profitability, increase sales? So there's a couple of different ways. Um, something as simple as, uh, you know, you may have heard this term marketing automation. Mm-hmm. And what that really is, is how can we automate a lot of those transactional contacts that we have with a franchise prospect as they go through our franchise selection process? So rather than having a physical person go out there and every three days send a reminder email, 
uh, or go out there and, uh, you know, if that lead wasn't interested today, but he he is going to be interested in three months from now, how do you automate the follow-up three months from now so that while you conduct your day-to-day business, there's an entire layer of marketing automation that's working underneath the surface to keep the candidates re-engaged and, uh, and keep the candidates interested in your opportunity where you don't have to do each of those things manually. So that alone, you know, from a marketing automation standpoint, you're saving a couple of things. Number one, human resource time. You know, HR cost is one of the big costs in companies. In both my companies, it's probably the largest expense item, uh, our HR cost. And so if I can go out there and, and automate anything, I'm able to reduce that cost of HR, take my people and redeploy them in situations where they're talking more strategy, where they're implementing uh, more things rather than doing the more of the tactical and transactional work, which can be commoditized. I'd rather have my guys elevate their levels and look at it, at it from a, a strategy perspective because they know that all that transactional stuff, all of that tactical stuff can be automated. Yeah, that is um, just amazing that you could do that. So are there companies that are actually kind of investing in this technology? People are doing this? Absolutely. I mean, a lot of, uh, you know, franchise CRMs, uh, you know, I, uh, you talked a little bit about my software company. A, a, a franchise CRM is one that allows you to do a couple things. Number one, guide people through your franchise sales process in an automated way. As inquiries come in from the variety of lead sources, you know, people are interested in buying your business. They find you on a number of different franchise portals. They may utilize a number of different franchise consultants. They can utilize, uh, you know, their own research through the internet, whatever, however they find you to be able to automate some of that initial follow-up, to be to be able to go out there and allow them to self-serve some of those information, uh, you know, some of the information needs that they have um, will give you a better, more educated candidate uh, when they engage you. In fact, the statistic that I recently read was uh, people are reading almost 20 to 30 pa- pieces of information about your franchise brand before they're even inquiring and contacting or connecting with your, your rep. You got to think, I mean, do I have 20 to 30 pieces of good, viable pieces of information or content out on the web that people are consuming? Because if you don't, they're still finding it. It's just that you may not be the one writing it. That's right. Yeah. And I have found the same thing Um, as a franchise consultant, you know, with the Franchise Academy, I match people with opportunities based on skills and personality and goals, kind of like the eHarmony of business is what I like to call it. Been doing it for 13 years um, and actually found my first franchises as a franchisee through a franchise consulting company. So I've, I've been on both sides of that particular house. Um, and so I've been doing, you know, personally content marketing as much as I can in the form of blogs and, and also video, um, a lot of YouTube stuff. And I'm finding that now at this point in, you know, late 2018, people are contacting me and they know all about me. Yeah. All about me. They know that I'm married. They know my wife's name. I mean, it's like crazy how much information somebody could find out because I'm not publishing all of that. But, you know, like you find my Facebook, you find this, you find that, and you could figure out who a person is in about five minutes. I think it's amazing. So that's what they're doing to your company. And you got to realize that that, you know, that prospect, that uh, prospective franchisee is really scared um, (laughs) because the investment, you know, it's it's not cheap. It's a really big thing. It's a life change. Mm -hmm. So they're going to research the heck out of you. And it's and it's so easy to do. Um, And and so you got to have 
you know, you got to be Googleable. Um, you got to have a, a media presence. Would, would you say that? Absolutely. Having a media presence and having your CRM system, kind of what we were talking about, tied into that media presence so that when you do get an inquiry from one of these items that you have floating out on the web, you know which one it is. So that when you make marketing decisions for 2019 budgets, are you basing them on flipping a coin on where to spend your money? Or are you actually looking at the 15 different uh, sources that you had and and identifying which one got you the best ROI for your dollar spent so that you can go out there and double down on that and take money away from areas uh, that may not be working as much. So technology helps you do that because it gives you the metrics, especially if you kind of set up that technology uh, you know, system, that data layer. Uh, yeah. That helps you do that because you're able to now make decisions not simply based on gut instinct, but also uh, uh, you know, with uh, with a, C- a level of metrics that can allow for you to have a a, a, a smarter a smarter decision. So, does your team at ClickTechs actually help companies do that? You know, kind of get through that data and figure out what's going on in my business. Absolutely. In fact, oftentimes the first set of communications we have is uh, what type of tracking do you have on your franchise development website? What type of traffic are, uh, are you getting? What are the sources of that traffic? And if they can't answer. Sometimes, you know, we just say, hey, the first thing maybe we need to do is install some of that tracking and watch the numbers for two, three weeks before I come back to you with uh, with any recommendations, because you may be doing things that are right. And we want to identify those so we can do more of that and then certainly look for opportunities where you may 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 have room for improvement. Yeah. And and I think, you know, one thing that people, I think, don't think about is that there's, you know, somewhere around 4000 franchises in America and not all the, you know, not people, not everyone is searching in the same places for the franchise opportunities. You know, if, if you're looking for a small service-based business, you may not be looking in the same places if you're looking to buy, you know, a string of uh, Burger Kings or something like that. Absolutely. Identifying the first off who your customer is uh, before you start to go out there and put messaging that speaks to that customer uh, and identifying where to put that messaging. You need to start with understanding who you want to target and then determine where they are and then think about what you want to say to them. How do you figure out who your customer is, though? I mean, a lot of people feel like, you know, if they have, um, you know, if they could write a check and it clears, uh, <laughs> that's that's one for me, you know, <laughs> that's a candidate. Very, I'll tell you, you know, it's a, it's a nearsighted view because sometimes uh, those individuals that you brought on without doing your homework and identifying if they've got the value system, they've got the characteristics to succeed, oftentimes end up closing shop. And as you know, franchising in the U.S. is uh, fairly heavily governed at the federal level and at the state level for some states. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so all your successes and all your failures are there in that FDD document. So you don't want to go out there and simply take a check for the sake of taking a check if the person is not a good fit because that's going to end up costing you in validation. Mm-hmm. And you're a franchise consultant, Tom, you know this. Bad validation leads to, you know, rate deals being dropped right at the tail end of the process. And, you know, you, you need to make sure that uh, the people that are out in the market are successful and, and you're giving them the opportunity to succeed by getting the best people on the bus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's one thing I think um, – prospective franchisees need to understand is that a great franchise company will award a franchise. They won't sell a franchise. And there's a big difference just because you have the money doesn't mean that you're going to get a franchise. If you're, you know, with the right company, you know, if you're looking at the right company, um, 
And when the companies start, you know, like negotiating and saying, Hey, you know, we'll, we'll do this if you buy the franchise and we'll give yeah. you that, if you, buy, you know, that that's a red flag. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we used, to, we used to, we used to call that dirty deals back in the day, you know, when you're going out there and you are, uh, you're, you are, uh, doing things to, uh, change the way your system is set up in order to help sell a franchise instead of award a franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, those were dirty deals and they always, uh, they always come back. They always blow up. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, we could probably do a whole podcast just on that. <laughs> yeah, <absolutely. laughs> cool. Um, so I wanted to ask kind of same on the same subject here, what has changed in the way people are searching to find the right franchise opportunities? Have, have you seen a difference? Oh, big time, big time. So when, when we were, when we were awarding franchises back in the early two thousands, um, you know, we, uh, a lot of that information wasn't prevalent on the internet. So our goal was to, to kind of um, get the individual to share more information about themselves and uh, and have our information kind of behind the door. So, we, you know, we'd make them jump through a bunch of hoops uh, before they could learn more about our opportunity because we wanted to know if that person was serious or not. Um, but gone are those days. Like I said, you know, there's a lot of self-serving happening. Self-serve meaning people are finding information about your brand before engaging with you. Think about the last time you bought a car, right? You you read reviews, you watched the website, you put maybe maybe went out there on that virtual uh, you know uh, uh, finance uh, tool and put in all the packages that you wanted in the car, the different wheels, the maybe their sunroof, the air conditioner, whatever, and then you priced it all out. And then when you went and talked to the sales rep, you probably knew a little bit more than he did because that gave you the edge in that negotiation. So the same way franchise candidates are doing the exact same thing, but the way it's different now is not only are they doing it on their time as opposed to on your time, meaning they're doing it when they want, not when you tell them to look at the information. So they're doing it on their time. They're also doing it on their device, which means if all of the information that you have is catered towards a desktop, guess what? Half of the traffic that's coming to your or finding you online is probably coming from mobile traffic. So how are you catering to the mobile visitor? Are you giving them long paragraph after paragraph after paragraph of information that nobody wants to read on a on a small four inch screen, or are you going out there and and you know providing uh, uh, you know something that uh, that video that automatically plays on your website when people don't want to go out there and take the data charges? Uh, so so these are things you really got to think about because they're not only doing it on their own time but they're they're doing it on their device and on demand. So they've got to you know it's when they want it. So you've got to make sure that you cater your um, information in that way. In fact, one of the one of the really cool things that I've that I think we do um, is we've got this virtual brochure. It's kind of like a candidate portal. And when a franchise candidate enters into your uh, selection process, uh, they are guided through a series of uh, sections on this client or candidate portal. And they can consume that information, and it's in different formats, PDFs, videos, paragraphs, Q&A, interactive, and it gives an ability to chat with the sales rep uh, on your side as well. And what that allows the candidate to do is to take in the information at their pace in the way they want it and on demand. So uh, that virtual brochure that we've built helps guide franchise candidates through the process uh, and providing them the ability to self-serve a lot of that information and, uh, and really keeps them engaged in the sales process. And the way we used to do it is everything on a phone call. Maybe you have a PowerPoint. Why don't you open up the PowerPoint? 
and I'm on the same PowerPoint. Hey, can you get to slide three? I'm on slide four. And you know, that, that's how it was done. Mm-hmm. Now we've automated that entire thing with a full candidate portal that uh, guides your, your franchise candidates through the process. And the great thing is, again, that whole metrics or tracking layer is underneath. We know the candidate spent a lot of time in the training and support section. We know you consumed a lot of those videos. Guess what the franchise development rep should be talking about? Because maybe the candidate has questions around training and support, right? Wow. It's awesome. I mean, you know, first of all, the idea of trying to figure out what device people are using is just a whole nother level that kind of rocks my world. And but you need, you know, <laughs> you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot if you're not thinking about it. You're just wasting money. Exactly. Um, amazing. And then, you know, to be able to, I don't, I don't know, track your candidates to say, just you know, like you just said, hey, they, you know, they're on this particular page and they keep on going back. They went to that page seven times last night. You know, yep. like, what's up with that? And so, yeah, you're right. That's so, so amazing to me. That's great stuff. Um, do you want to explain to me what is a microsite? Sure. Sure thing. You know, uh, we, uh, we're fortunate, I think on the, on the click tech side, we've got about a hundred franchisors that we work with and we work with them in different capacities. For some, we've built their franchise development website for others. We've built their entire corporate website. And so we've got a, a, you know, a, a bunch of brands, uh, that have two or 300 franchise locations. And so they, you know, their goal is how do I drive more business to my franchisees, whether that's getting more cars to the bay doors or whether I get more, uh, you know, quote requests sent to them for services that they, that they offer. Uh, and so one of the best ways to go out there and compete if you're a franchisee in the local market is to have what we call a little microsite. So rather than going to drive everyone to the main corporate site uh, and then have to go through uh, you know, a whole bunch of processes in order to get in touch with the local franchisee. Uh, we create a little mini website, 10 or 15 pages that hangs off of the main corporate site. And that little mini website is for that location. Let's say it happens to be in uh, in New York. Mm-hmm. So that New York location will have its own little microsite, certainly the same branding the same consistency so someone can easily tell that it's part of the same franchise group. The network of franchisees are are represented because of the brand. However, the locality of that location, their their local phone number, their ability to connect with them directly through uh, the lead form that that sends leads directly to that franchisee, uh, their local testimonials uh, are what really help someone feel like, hey, this is someone that I want to do business with because they're local to me. They understand my market. They understand the culture of, of our location. So, you know, a, a franchisor that has 300 locations, in essence, has 300 little mini websites, one for, e- one, for each one of their locations. Right. And it gives them a huge footprint online. And it drives people, even though it's uh, we're a national company, it shows that you care at the local level because we have a representation uh, right at the local level. Right. Think globally, shop locally, right? Shop locally, exactly. So... Off of that, I guess the next question in my mind is, you know, social media and individual social media for the franchisees. I guess, you know, their social media sites are on um, on those microsites. Exactly. So there's two opportunities there. One is, um, you know, uh, uh, certainly anyone can go out there and create a local social media page for their own business. 
but before they go and do that, I think the franchisor really needs to step into that conversation, outline whether it's through the FDD or through their operations manuals, what is and what isn't part of their social media communications policy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that's so important as a franchisor to go out there and identify first, because that would be the set of rules, the playbook that you offer to the franchisees so that everyone is kind of pulling in the same direction, right? And so uh, the way we've seen other franchisors do it is in the absence of having your own local Facebook page, the default is that, you know, on your local microsite, uh, you link to the corporate voice Facebook page. However, if you're following the social media policy, which identifies the, the banner image, the profile picture, what you can, what you can't say, what you, what you share, how often, if you're following all of those steps, certainly you can have your own Facebook page for your local New York location that's linked to your, uh, linked to your microsite. And that, again, drives more local traffic. So it all starts with having the right social media policy in place and then passing that whether that th- that's through your operations manual or inside your FDD so that everyone everyone is going out there and following the same set of rules. Awesome. Great advice. Um, real, real gems right here. So I appreciate that for sure. Um, so what's hot in social media right now, in your opinion? There's a lot of changes going on. Um, you know, Facebook, in my opinion, has become just an advertising vehicle. Um, you know, it's it's for for children from not children but millennials. Yeah. It's it's hip to not have a Facebook page. Yeah, you know, and they're going over to these other things. So what what are you seeing out there? Yeah, it's it's funny. I was reading a statistic on the most uh, uh, you know growing uh, age group that's joining f- Facebook, and it may surprise you. It's actually uh, it's actually like females above the age of sixty. It's like the fastest growing segment. Uh, joining Facebook. So, you know, where we we used to think Facebook is for the teeny bops? It's Mm. not. In fact, the average age of the Facebook user is their mid to late 30s. And whereas I think some of the uh, things like Instagram or Snapchat are for the younger audience. So there's a, you know, there's groups that are prevalent on the different social media channels. I will say this though, what's working for us on social media um, specifically from a lead generation perspective. And, you know, I've had discussions with people and they say, well, Facebook is only from a branding perspective. You know, you're not going to generate any leads for your franchise development business. You're not going to find franchise people who want to go out there and maybe look to start your business or start a franchise uh, in your business on Facebook. And in my head, I, I just shake my head because I our last, uh, one of the campaigns, in fact, we're running for, uh, for a company uh, in the cleaning space um, of all things, right? Uh, in the cleaning space, uh, we like for, I think they spent like $500 in advertising money on Facebook. That's for the clicks that you pay to Facebook. They generated like 75 leads. Wow. I mean, that's like $6 or whatever it is per lead. I mean, it was, it was a crazy, crazy number. And, uh, and, and I couldn't believe it. I thought, I thought I asked my guy, I said, is that the clicks like $5 a click? And he's like, no, no, this is where people are filling in first name, last name, email address, and phone number and providing that to you uh, so that you can contact them so they can learn more about your business. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I scratched my head because it caught me by surprise. Yeah, amazing. So Facebook is really for grandmothers looking at uh, their children, <laughs> grandchildren's pitches 
and older people that, you know, that is our demographic in franchising, right? Typically a 25 year old is not buying a franchise anyway. Yeah. You're, you're really looking for that 40 year old, uh, you know, it, midlife exactly. crisis. And you know, one thing that I, one thing I heard Tom was that Facebook knows more about you, like, like based on who you're connected with and what types of information you consume and what you share and, and et cetera. Um, Facebook is more likely to predict the accuracy of your uh, credit score than your FICA, FICA scores, like it, it, because they know so much. In fact, one of the ways in which you can target advertising on Facebook is by household income. Mm-hmm. So if I wanted to show my ads to someone that has a, 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 an average household income of $200,000, I can actually run ads to focus only with people that have uh, an income. And it's actually fairly accurate based on the amount of data that Facebook's capturing. It's amazing. It is. It's amazing, and it's scary, and and exciting as a marketer for sure. Yeah. Um, but to to harness that information and figure out how to kind of get in the middle of it with your brand that's that's kind of the challenge, and I think that's where you and your team come in. Exactly. We're we are that liaison between how you utilize Facebook effectively to find your ideal franchise candidate. Very cool. Very cool. So I wanted to um, kind of change gears a little bit and talk more about business and, you know, you and your business um, and, you know, technology as well. But what is one thing that you're fired up about right now? What's going on with you? Um, like I said, uh, and you said it, the rate of change of technology, it's scary, right? Uh, the amount of information that you can go out there and utilize, it's scary. Um, but with that change comes opportunity. And, uh, and so the faster or the more comfortable you are with change, uh, the more comfortable you are as a student of lifelong learning, if you've dedicated to going out there and trying new things, and if you're not afraid of that, huge opportunity opens up for you. And for our business, being in technology and, and kind of a, uh, you know, uh, I kind of, I get excited about the, the, the rate of change. What's the newest thing that's coming out? What, what, are, what are new technology gadgets that people are using? How are they using it? I'm interested in those things. Yeah. And I think what that does uh, for us at least is it it allows that you know that curiosity that's so important in or, in order to go out there and continue to grow and stay on that cutting edge and and uncover new opportunities. So that's that's what I'm most excited about. That's cool. So Jam, could you um is, is there one myth that you could bust either about, you know, franchising or technology or technology and franchising? Something that you a myth you could bust right here right now. You know, a lot of people think that a lot of technology is created equal. Uh, something as simple as where you are hosting your website. They say, well, it's a server is a server. You can host it in someone's basement or you can host it and pay a little bit more and you can, you know, uh, host it somewhere else. Uh, or, hey, you're running a marketing campaign on Facebook. Well, you know, I've got some guy that says he, he's, a, he's an expert. And he can run a marketing campaign in, in Facebook as well. You're absolutely right. You know, just like there's a lot of people that know how to go out there and drive a car, but that doesn't mean everyone knows how to drive the car equally well. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, uh, you got to really understand that in technology, you oftentimes get what you pay for. So if you end up going out there and, and hiring a premium service, you'll get a premium level of technology. And if you hire something that's, uh, you know, what I call the, the quick and dirty, uh, you know, to save a bit of money in the sh- in the short term. Well, be aware that, you know, that that is going to leave you exposed. Uh, you know, things are going to be not coded well, not secure. People are going to be able to get into your information that you may not want. 
Uh, and so all of those things are uh, to be considered. Uh, you know, so the myth is not all technology is created equal, and oftentimes you get what you pay for. Yep, brilliantly said. Um, can you share one moment that you've had in your life, in your business, that you could point to that say, and you could say, hey, that's a reason for my success? Reason for my success, you know, I struggled on this question. Uh, a lot of people ask, and I and I think it's just a culmination of a lot of little events that that you know that go out there and 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 uh, and you can point to. But one thing that I I hold close to my heart that I think is so important for us in order to continue to succeed in business. And for us, success means different things. It's not necessarily, hey, can I just get more checks inked or can I add up more revenue in my bank? For me, success is. How happy are my customers with what, with the service I'm providing them? And I think one of those aha moments is, you know, we're at this franchise conference. It's funny because, um, you know, the, uh, I'm sitting in the crowd. I'm not supposed to be a speaker. I'm just kind of there. We are a, a vendor on the wall. Uh, you know, and um, and they, they had a, an issue with something to relate with, uh, I think, their technology or something. Some question came up. Somebody asked the speaker and the speaker actually said, you know, who would know that? Jam, Jam, are you in the room? And there was like three hundred people there. Oh my goodness! Got caught off guard because I didn't know. What, and then they asked, so I stood up in the middle of the crowd, and they said, "Well, Jam can answer that for you." And I just kind of rifled off what my experience was in that. Um, and I thought, you know what? It's because when people talk about you or they have an idea in, in their mind that you know this guy actually says things that make sense, mm-hmm. and they call on you at a place like that, I think you've arrived at a place of success because people people believe that you are a an expert in certain things and uh and they and they and they value your 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 advice so that's that was probably the biggest aha moment for me uh you know did it mean that uh, a lot of people went out there and 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 started using us maybe but i think the fact that they thought about uh, our company as an expert in that field was was amazing yeah that is amazing that is you know being pointed out by your peers in the peer group in the room 300 people awesome man that is awesome congratulations on that one thank you sure um, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Best piece of advice I ever received, funny enough, was from uh, one of, from my former uh, boss who owned that franchise company that I used to work at. Uh, and you know, when he uh, found out that I was growing, and I told him, I said, I was, "I'm going. I'm going to try my own business." You know, I I was young at that time when I when I told him that I was going to move on, and and um, and I'd been there for like ten years, right? So or eleven years. So uh, he said, "You know, Jamie he goes, it's a very smart decision." He goes, "But remember one thing." Grow firm base to firm base. He goes, success is not an overnight thing. And uh, so I thought about that a lot because, you know, sometimes when you're young, you're entrepreneurial, you have grand visions, and that's great. You need those dreams to, mm-hmm. you know, the amount of power required mentally, emotionally, financially in order to get a business off the ground is so large. But, uh, uh, you know, make sure that you don't lose sight of the fact that success is not an overnight thing. Mm-hmm. We chip away at that, at that mountain a little bit at a time. And always grow firm base to firm base. Uh, you know, don't uh, don't 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 do something that's half half baked and then jump on to the next step because that foundation will crumble, um, and oftentimes at the wrong time. So, so firm base to firm base and success is not uh, an overnight thing. Well, love it. That is great, and it's uh, that's noteworthy right there. Another another nugget by Jam. So I appreciate that. So Jam, how could people get in touch with you? Um, What's the, what's the best way? What's your website and all that good stuff? Uh, www.clicktext.com, C-L-I-C-K-T-E-C-S.com. 
uh, or simply going to LinkedIn and uh, and you can type in Jam Hashmi H A S H M I and uh, and connect with me. Um, yeah, and I get a bunch of those requested, uh, and I look at every single one. So, uh, so, you know, I'm happy to go out there and connect with you and answer any questions that you guys might, may have. That's awesome. Yeah, this is, um, this is so great. I, I sent you an email to get on this, uh, to have you on this podcast. You answered in about, I don't know, three seconds. Yeah. And, then, and it was that night too. I was sending things out like on a Friday night and you answered right <laughs> <laughs> which is awesome. So that's just a, a testimony to uh, how responsive you are to your clients. Um, so that's fantastic. I really appreciate you being on. This is um, just an awesome, awesome podcast show here. Just the information you gave, and we need to kind of get more into this. Maybe you could um, come back again uh, in a couple of months and give us an update on what's going on in mid-2019. I'd love to, Tom. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, we're going to catch you at uh, the International Franchise Association's uh, big meeting in February, I'm sure. You got it. So uh, we'll have a drink. And um, do you have one parting piece of uh, advice or guidance for our listeners before we go? Um, you know, don't be afraid to try new things. Uh, and I often think, you know, in, in your silver years, you're oftentimes going to look back and think about the things and regret the things that you didn't do as opposed to the things that you did do and maybe didn't work out. Mm-hmm. You're going to think about the things that you didn't do and that you didn't get a chance to do. And so think about that when you're doing your day-to-day and, and, uh, and, and project yourself out you know, 10, 15, 20 years and say, you know, am I going to be sitting here there you know, 10, 15 years from now and th- regretting the things I didn't do? What are those things? How can I start doing them today so I don't have those regrets later? Preaching to the choir on that one. I love that. Thank you so much, Jam. I appreciate your time. Thanks for being on the Franchise Academy podcast. It's been a mind-blowing experience for me. Um, so you could catch uh, Jam at his website. It's clicktex.com. And uh, again, we'll have Jam on uh, in, a, in a couple of months. So listen out and uh, get in touch with him directly, please. And, and I'm going to put all his stuff on our site, the franchiseacademypodcast.com. And we will uh, talk to you guys soon. Thanks so much, Jim. Bye-bye. Thank you. This has been another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. For more info, go to our website, thefranchiseacademypodcast.com. Remember to subscribe to Tom Scarta's YouTube channel for educational videos on franchising. Education, insight, and inspiration.